Fastamai, good afternoon and welcome to this episode of Perspective. On the programme this week, we're travelling back in time. Tuesday, the 1st of October 2019. There's been major problems with flooding around the island this morning. Police have declared a major incident in Laxey. I mean, this is devastation. People down here know this river. These are the people they should be listening to, not the experts coming over from England. The roaring of the river at 6 o'clock yesterday morning gave us the alarm bells that required that we used to. I think they have every right to be angry. After the last flood, various things were promised. It's not going to be swept under the carpet. We will be tackling this head-on to make sure that A, it doesn't happen again, and B, lessons are learned. Thursday, the 13th of August, 2020. Laxey was hit last night by what's been described by a local resident as a tremendous downpour. Looking out the windows, it was just um, like being in the middle of a river. So, have lessons been learnt? In this programme, we're going to listen back to the events of October last year and ask what's been done to avoid a repeat of that major incident. We're well accustomed to heavy rainfall on the Isle of Man, that's nothing new of course. But on the 1st of October last year, this was especially heavy. Weather warnings had been issued the day before, that's Monday the 30th of September. The Met Office was predicting 20 millimetres of rainfall at Ronaldsway Airport, with 36 millimetres at Druidale. But in a statement issued after the floods, forecasters said, as the small low centre passed overnight, there was clearly some sort of localised embedded downpour, giving a huge amount of rain over a small area. Remote gauges at Coroney and Mountain Box recorded around 100 millimetres of rain. Some local schools were quickly closed, as well as several main roads around the island, but it didn't take long for photos and footage to emerge on social media, both of water and of the damage it caused. Police posted a picture of a landslide on the Mountain Mile, which was quickly outdone really by shots of the Coast Guard helicopter flying in to assist residents in Laxey, and then snaps of cars and emergency vehicles submerged. Several people have been rescued from flooded properties in Laxey this morning. Police declared a major incident in the village where Glen Road between the upper and lower bridges has flooded severely. Police, fire, Coast Guard and Manx Utilities have all been at the scene through the morning. Water levels on Glen Road are now dropping, but police say they are not yet in a position to move people from certain premises. Emergency services are working with partners such as Laxey Commissioners and the DHSC to make sure those impacted are looked after. In many parts of the island, water levels dropped again almost as quickly as they'd appeared. But for some, the lasting impacts would be huge. Manx Radio's Alex Watton went for a walk around Laxey on the day itself and spoke to some residents there. This is the third time we've been flooded since we've been here. How long have you lived here? We came in 1986. Right. So this is the third time. Presumably the 2015 floods got you as well. Oh yeah, that was desperate, that, because we were out. Fortunately this time we were in, so we were able to take evasive action and what we did was um, put towels, obviously we've got double glazed doors at back and front, yeah. put towels by the doors and then once they get wet they, you can use them a bit like a sandbag mm-hmm. so they actually do help to stop the water and then just keep mopping and bucket, mocking, bucket, mop, bucket all the time <laughs> and just keep emptying it and we had to do that from 6 o'clock this morning until about 12.30. So many people are out and about, presumably just everyone's talking about it. It must everyone, be ha- affecting everybody. Everyone is trying to help on the Glen Road here because we are quite a close-knit community. But the, the, the annoying thing in this particular instance is the number of times we've different people on the Glen Road have spoken to the authorities to explain to them because we live on the river, we understand the life of the river mm-hmm. because we know it's different forms because we're here 24-7 and they don't seem to understand that they need to keep the river clear of vegetation and as much stone and rubble out of the bottom so it's got a good clear run to get away. How can Any that blockage? Because it, I mean, it's, it's literally beneath a forest. I mean, it's well, not yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the trees on the bank. I'm talking about the trees that are growing in the river. Right, OK. Which are, which are obstructing. And then you've only got a few tri- twigs like it. And then before you know it, you've got a beaver's dam. Mm. And, bef- and we'll this, see what's happening in this house here. So it's always the same problem. You get the silt... You get the water, you can get the water out and then you end up with silt everywhere. My son-in-law had this wonderful idea of using this water vac 
and it sucked all the well, a lot of the water and all the silt off the carpet. I mean, it was just like in the kitchen to start with. Yeah, but the rain, yeah, that, that's the sound is the carpet. Yeah. Did you expect it to be this bad? Well, I wasn't surprised because three years ago, uh, although we were prepared for it three years ago, and we got away with just flooding on the floor in here, of course I had no, I didn't have any warning, so mm -hmm. apart from some sandbags in the hallway, yeah. which Difficult. kept that down, but the rest of it he just poured through. There's nothing you can do about it, you can't, unless you, you know, protect against it all the time. There's nothing you can do. Talking about the damage, though, I mean, we've just walked through your house and your carpets are just completely sodden. I mean, we can hear the squelching yeah, underfoot. Right. I mean, where do you start to, to well, get the, it Well, the answer really is, first of all, is to take, take the carpets out altogether and uh, everything else that's damp or damaged, you just put in the skip. And uh, your major problem is who's going to insure you next time round? Mm. How much do you think it's going to cost you? In this case, if we just do carpets, mm, 5,000, something really? like that. I mean, I, I suppose beyond the, the monetary part, then it must be what? emotionally a very difficult well, time for you. Yeah, well, it's your fucking home, isn't it? Yeah. Your home and you've got, you know, it's kind of your effects and memories and all these things. It's, mm. it's just everything's disrupted totally. Money is money, but. Mm. It's not the end of the world. No, well, it's not as if it's life, but it, it's possessions and often yeah. things of, you know, personal sentimental value, as it were, so it does have a psychological effect. That was Alex Watton reporting from Laxey. If you're just joining us, we're listening back to the events of October last year, where more than 100 millimetres of rainfall sparked what was quickly described as a major flooding incident in Laxey. The day after, Wednesday the 2nd of October 2019, as the clean-up operation got underway, I went to have a look myself. It was an eerie scene. Homes were waterlogged, infrastructure destroyed and gardens ruined, especially down the central spine of the village and along Glen Road, which runs parallel to the river. A government entourage was there to meet with residents and assess the damage, spearheaded by Chief Minister Howard Quayle. He told me when he'd first heard what had happened. My wife contacted me, funny enough to say, have you seen this? And I then got on the phone. Obviously, I was off island at the time. Yeah. And I then spoke straight away to the Minister of Infrastructure to say what was happening on the island. And he gave me an update. I had meetings all day um, where I was regularly updated on what was happening. We cancelled my flight home late tonight, got the very first one out of, out of Manchester this morning so I could get here. I've been down to see the, the, the people who've been obviously devastated by having their houses flooded and then I've got a series of meetings I've set up an emergency meeting at three o'clock today with the heads of the DOI the Water Authority or the MUA as we all know it and um, DEFA to, re, regarding trees etc so that we can get to the bottom of this but equally the most important thing is now is making sure that we put work into ensuring that in the next couple of days if it rains we don't get a repeat of what's happened here. Then we need to look at the long-term solutions to what's caused the problems. And then, yeah, of course, have an inquiry on how this happened when people had been warning about this. But my first and foremost thing I'd like to say is to praise not just our emergency services who have handled this fantastically, whether it be the civil defence ambulance, the fire brigade, the police, etc., but also the volunteers, the, the local commissioners, the, the district nurses who knew about people who are particularly frail in the area. All that, the members of the public who are offering cups of tea to the people working here, the offers of free accommodation, whether it be a neighbour or a hotel, that's the Alamanna at its best and we can be proud of that. And that's one good thing to take from very few other good points that have come out of this. But we need to learn from this and I'm committed to ensuring that we, we take proper action, A, to remedy, remedy it and learn from the mistakes that have been made. But I won't know what all the detail is until I've had feedback and that's why I've set up a number of meetings with the responsible departments on what we can do and what's happened. Mr Quayle was visiting people's homes and issuing what assurances he could to those who'd been affected. 
but some villagers thought the damage was both predictable and preventable, including this man who confronted the chief minister on the street. Them contractors should never have ever been put in place. I don't blame me blame the contractor. It's whoever made the decision to put that contract in place on the flood season and knock the main wall down. Well, I mean, these things are going to be looked at well, so we can get the answers to it. Well, we need responsibility, so we take responsibility yeah. and say, OK, it was me, and, and go. Because yeah. it's, it cannot happen again. Yeah, we, we need to learn. You know, make sure people are devastated. Again. I'm sure they are looking at the houses. And we got away lightly. Yeah. These people up here. Oh, I know. I've been to some of them and my friends. I've been in to see them. It's dreadful. And, you know, it must be heartbreaking. Yeah. But the, the good thing is, the initial, no one's been injured. That's the key thing. The emergency yeah. services handled really well, but we need to learn by this. Well, I know sure. one of the firemen, the fire ladies nearly got swept away yesterday. Yeah, I back, the I know all well, she nearly got swept away. Yeah. So that's why I'm having this meeting. I'll come back straight away to... Something needs to be done drastically. After that impassioned exchange, Mr Neen told me more about his concerns. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not normally like that, but I mean, um, I mean, this is devastation, and it's been caused by people in Manx Utilities who have made these decisions... And now we have this. Is that where you think the book no, should no, stop here? No, I know, because the people down here know this river. They know this river. These are the people they should be listening to, not the experts coming over from England yeah. and getting paid hundreds of thousands of pounds for doing nothing. The maintenance has not been done on the river from four years ago. There were studies done by private people over here who live in, down by the river. It was handed into the Manx Utilities. It's fact. Andrew Smith, if you go and ask him, Andrew's got loads of photographs. He handed in, took days off going up and down the river, taking a picture of all the debris, all the way up to Glenroy, stuff like that. Um, so, so this has happened before, in, in not too distant memory, it's worth pointing 2015, out. we had the other flood. The last time was 1930. So, you know, 70, 60, 70 years wasn't too bad, I suppose, and then you get another one. But somebody put a bus in the river then. Now, we've had somebody doing a contract on the river, which was totally unnecessary, the building um, some sort of weir to help the salmon try and get up the river. Well, I'm afraid the salmon have been doing that for thousands of years and they don't need concrete to get up the river. Absolute waste of money. Shouldn't have been done this time of year. Absolute joke, really. Whoever's made that decision, they need to resign. There are concerns about, the, is it a weir as well, which is just yeah, the weir is here? Apparently the weir is under the... Um, is under the under Manx National Heritage, and they have apparently they turned around and said, "You're not taking it down because it's a heritage site. How can a piece of concrete be a heritage site? It's an absolute eyesore. All the dead wood that was said four years ago that's lying up in the plantations is on that weir now. And the ones in authority said there wasn't going to be a problem. And uh, there you have it, your situation now. And the fact that that contract should not have been put in place." It should be left till April next year, when we don't have the, the bad when we don't have the bad weather. You have lev, you, you've got less water in the, coming down the river and stuff like that. But a totally unnecessary project, as far as I'm concerned. Absolute joke. Moving from past mistakes to the future, perhaps. What would you like to see from the chief minister, from government, to, tr to, to try and what action? What what helps? Yeah, what's, I mean, what's next? immediate action right now and the people who, who are responsible for making these decisions for Poo and the people down here who told them what was going to happen, it would happen again and they said it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen and it's happened. So they need to go. Then people need to resign the, and the, 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 the chairman, Dr Alex Allison, is it? I mean, he's just poo-pooed it all and made us all look like a joke down here today on Manx Radio, on Manx Radio there. He needs to take a look at himself. He needs to get himself down here and talk to the people as well instead of hiding behind his desk. We heard mention there of another resident of the Glen Road area who lives further downstream, Mr Andrew Smith. He gave me his account of events. You, you knew this was going to happen, didn't you? Well, we've got, we've got a good idea fairly early on because when you live by a river, a river has a life and you hear it in all its moods. And as a consequence of that, the roaring of the river at six o'clock yesterday morning gave us the alarm bells that we re required that we used to. So my wife, fortunately, she needed to be up early yesterday morning and I was about just about to get up. She shouted at me immediately said, the river is telling us something. 
and so I said, fine, okay. Looked out of the window and the water was lit. I mean, obviously we're on radio, so it's yeah. no good pointing at pictures. Describe it to yeah. us, though. But the water was coming over that wall there. Now that's, now what, that's three, not three, four feet high? That's a three Is foot that... wall. Yeah. And if you want to walk, I'm in my slippers, but I don't mind. We'll walk over here, <laughs> so just so that while I'm speaking to you, uh, because whoever you speak to, they come down the following day in the sunshine and they don't know what, oh, well, what's happened? There's a little yeah. bit of, oh, we don't yeah. know anything here. Well, this river came down here. This this uh, comes from the Ramsey Road and comes down from um, Balarak. Now, this, this is higher than three foot, I take it back, isn't well, it? Well, it's three foot this side, but how high is it this side? I mean... Twelve? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, double, two, two, two men high. You see, it's not it pushed all that wall into the house. Yeah. You see that? And then it's only got this small void to so go this, through this under the is, road. this is a funnel, isn't it, basically? This, this, so this feeds into Laxa River. And this all comes down the waterfall here, which was flooding over. That was, and that was at half past six in the morning. So that had already breached before we even got... Before that's, we even got that, that's in between high tides, isn't it? So yes, in theory, yeah. that's, that's low risk time that's, of day, That's isn't low it? risk time. That's low risk time. So that's even before we, we breached the road at, um, at, by the woolen mills, which didn't need a lot of breaching because it already taken, as we know, the hole was already out of the wall. So then, um, we, because we've been through this twice before, uh, my wife and I have got a, a good idea of what to do initially. So to mitigate um, problems within our house, we, we've got double glazed doors at both sides, front and back, and we're able to ram towels at the yep. bottom of the door and then push them in as the water kept trying to get in, keep pushing them in so that you're forcing the towels to get soddened and then they act like a sandbag. And then because but this we, is from the inside of this your is house. From the inside of the house, yeah. And we couldn't get out of the house then because the, the, within, oh, within 20 minutes, well, there was two foot of water. And that, that pressure, I presume, the, and the pressure, is, you, can't, you can't really imagine no, that, can or, you? No, well, it's very difficult to imagine that, but the, the last thing you need to do is uh, to try and open the door. And so we had to just continue doing that. And from half past six in the morning until 12.30 at lunchtime, uh, we were having to continue putting fresh towels, as many as we got in the house, and anything that was um, of material uh, substance, yeah and jam that in with our feet and then continue one at the back one at the front with a mop and a bucket did it work and fortunately for us it worked to keep the majority of it out and the dirt and all the sludge that it leaves behind but obviously it still has affected the floor because of all the water being under the damp towels we just couldn't get rid of the damp quick enough yeah so um but the garden is trashed as well but obviously that's not critical but all i'm saying is that gives you an idea of what the the levels were like and um but as I say, we've been through it twice before. We've got photographs. I've spoken to people. I've written to people. My wife only telephoned last um, last week. Uh, one of the gentlemen that's involved in this project up here and said, if you don't seriously consider the autumn situation now and get that wall, you know, plugged, we're going to have a major issue. And what's the response? Is it? Is it just, uh, well, oh, it won't said, happen? Well, this guy had some title about being something to do with flooding and drainage, but as soon as he was challenged on the title on his, on his thing, oh, well, no, that's not me. It's, there always seems to be, unfortunately, uh, and I mean, many people say it, within government departments, they're passing the book, all, they do pass the book, and what we need to do this time is grapple with the issue. And by all means, I'm quite sure that residents here, including myself, will be very happy to actually say, well, look, we know, we know what government's committed to. We understand all the issues of funding and, and uh, um, manpower and one thing or another. We will be ha happy to assist. Just let us get someone to, to get a plan in place with milestones, say, right, this week we're going to sort this wall out. Sorry, we haven't got... In. We'll provide some staff. We'll get a digger. There's no issue. People want to sort... People are fed up with it and now want to sort the problem. But it comes. It comes back to what I said at the at the beginning. You knew this was going to happen, yeah, and you've got yeah. you've got pictures. Well, you've done your pictures. research. We've made we've made telephone calls in advance, and it's still. But as we know in government, so it, it's it's just it's important. It's important to point out this isn't like a retrospective thing. It's not like and I told you so. You've no, you've no, made this communication no, we, ahead of it happening. We have we have, and we understand that there's obviously a chain of events and and, and uh, a chain of management, and it may well be that some of the things we've sent to a person has not gone up the chain fast enough 
or it means that that person hasn't got the power to do something and is just either I don't know I'm not trying to apportion blame I'm not I'm not looking for heads to roll that's not the way that we need to be in in, in society I'm just wanting to say well look if you've made a mistake say sorry hold your hands up and let's get on with it now that's in the past people are suffering as a consequence fortunately no lives were lost but a lot of property has been destroyed we still want to look after the beautiful place of Laxey, but we've got to be seriously um, conscious of the fact that global warming may be an issue. We, we, we can't argue against that, but there are other fundamental issues that we as individuals can do on a day-to-day -day basis to protect villages and, and their property from all this flooding issue, ignoring the uh, additional problems that we may have with global warming. There has been huge political discussion about the sea defences down on the front in Laxey. Yeah, but... Are, are, are the priorities wrong, do well, you think? Well, I think, I'm, you know, I've, I've not really got too involved with this, that, that seawall. We've looked at various issues and I don't know what they're spent on looking at consultations and this and that, one thing or other, but in fairness... I, I, sh I should in, explain, of course, just for context, we're... We're well beyond the football club here, so that, that is quite a bit down the road from you. But it is. But you're, I, still, I, but, you're still yeah, aware but, of but that. We've got to be. We've got to be because on a high tide, it affects the river. Yeah. The river can't get out when pushing against the high tide as easily. So yeah. the river backs up. And we, we, we've got, we've got um, evidence of that. So, you know, the river will back up. So the, 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 the sea is very, very crucial to us yeah. uh, and in this flooding situation. So when we're not overlooking that. We're not saying, no, our problem is more, more important than your problem down on the promenade. But I think those that live on the promenade would, would accept that they are much easier able to put temporary flood defences in for the mm -hmm. time that the high tides... I mean, the high tides... I mean, and, and OK, people may say, well, this is a one-off. Well, it's not. It's a third off now because we've had it three times. Um, but there's more likelihood of people being affected by rain than people being affected by that sea. That was Glen Road resident Andrew Smith speaking to me on the day after the major flooding in Laxey in October last year. Garth MHK Martin Perkins said residents were entitled to feel aggrieved. I think they have every right to be angry. Um, after the last flood, uh, various things were promised. Um, we have had some work done but it seemed to have ground to a halt and uh, I think there was talk of a hydrographic survey. Well, I don't know what's happened to that, uh, but it's time for action. And, uh, you know, the absolute devastation down Glen Road and the uh, poor people that have uh, lost downstairs, basically, um, they've every right to be angry. And let's get the government together. Time has stopped for talking now. Let's get some action underway. We've seen a lot of discussion over the past year or two, maybe, about the sea defences in Laxey. Have we seen enough discussion about river defences, do you think? Well, I've always said that uh, the two go hand in hand, but I think now the river uh, defences are much more important than the sea defences. Um, certainly with the, what we've witnessed this last day or so, um, and we need to get onto it really dramatically, and, and we need to get milestones on a plan where we can actually see there is progress. There's an object in the river, just upstream from where we're stood, opposite the house, which is for sale but I don't know how that's going to go for them now. There's lots of controversy about this object. Can you tell us a bit about what it is? Well, it's, it's an old weir that I believe was uh, used to generate power for the Manx Electric uh, Railway uh, in years gone by. And, yeah, it is a historic uh, bit of concrete, I suppose you'd call it, but in all reality, let's get rid of it. because is, is that what started the dam and therefore the problems for people on Glen Road, do you well, think? Well, yeah, there was two things. One was a digger and the breach in the wall that the digger had made, and then farther down, uh, the wood piled up on this... Uh, this particular structure and uh, that caused another obstruction and uh, with the two of them that is uh, what happened and it sent a five foot wall of water all the way down the, the road. Let's get it out of the way and uh, I'm sure you ask anybody on Glen Road that uh, the historical value of it is probably nil compared to loss of uh, property and, and threat to life. As you've said previously the main thing is no lives were lost no no well, certainly no human life sorry I should say I think we um, lost a cat didn't we yeah from your role as the local MHK now what do you do next to try and help residents here well we need to coordinate uh, what we're doing for a start get information out to the residents help them with insurance claims and things like that um, but also make sure we hold the government to account and we actually get some action you know the time for talking is now finished we, we need action but Laxey was hit not very long ago. Predictions from the Met Office seem to imply that this is only going to happen more often. People must feel a bit targeted, maybe. 
I don't think they feel targeted. I think they feel ignored a little bit. And, you know, Laxey was given a pat on the head, a few bits and pieces done after the last floods, and then it ground to a halt. And we've got to make sure that action is continued and we hold the government to account. Martin Perkins there. So what was the Chief Minister's response to the concerns of the people he'd met? I spoke to him at the scene. Residents want heads to roll over this. As you've said before, people predicted this was going to happen. Residents have seen it before, not very long ago either. Where does the book stop here? Well, that's what we need to look at. But I mean, first and foremost, I want, I want to get, get it fixed. I want to, want to make sure people are safe. And then we'll look into it. It's not going to be swept under the carpet. We will be tackling this head on to make sure that A, it doesn't happen again, and B, lessons are learned. Who do you think was at fault? Are you able to say at this no, point? No, at this moment in time, I, can't. I think we need to get all the evidence first of all. It's very easy to say, well, that tree shouldn't have come down or that weir should have gone years ago or the digger shouldn't have been there. Let's look at all the evidence first. And then, but the most important thing is looking after the people who've been affected. And thank goodness no one was injured or loss of life. You've been going into some of the properties along Glen Road. What sort of things are residents saying to you? Well, obviously, they're devastated. They're showing me their beautiful houses and, um, you know, four-foot-high watermarks and everything's just a mess and silt everywhere. So they're devastated. They've explained what happened, their individual stories, and obviously their concerns about it happening again, and I've been reassuring them that we've brought in. You can see the diggers going up and down the road, starting work on, on, on everything to make it safe so that when the rain does come, the work has been done to shore up the defences but then they want to make sure this doesn't happen again they want assurance that we will be looking at the long-term solutions or you can never stop any everything from happening but if we can reduce the chances of this happening again significantly then that's incredibly important short-term skips coming down to help them and we've we've got our goal team who are who are dealing who deal with disasters and a disaster was declared at 10 to 9 yesterday morning we reacted very quickly to this well, you, you say 10 to 9, but I, I've spoken to a resident further down towards the football club. Uh, there's a small river which is joining the main river further down there. He said that, it, that had burst its banks by about half six in the morning. So there were warning signs quite early, I think. Well, I'm not aware of that. And, and this is the sort of evidence we'll need to gather just to see what's happened. We're, we're sort of putting two and two together. And we need to make sure we've got all the facts before we come to a conclusion. But the most important thing is looking after the people in the area and ensuring that we stop this from happening in the short term and the long term. We've seen lots of discussion over a number of years now about the sea defences in Laxey. Plans to, to bolster them, to help people on the promenade more generally across the Isle of Man, do you think more attention needs to be paid to river defences and river safety after, after incidents like this? Yes, well, this is, a, this is a warning message, isn't it? And obviously I'll be meeting with the chair of the MUA and DEFA to ensure that more work is done to look at the streams and, and, and see what, what are their blockages there. But we need to come up with a plan. We need to learn from this, and that's certainly what will happen. That was the Chief Minister, Howard Quayle, speaking to me on the 2nd of October last year, the day after the major flooding incident in Laxey. But has government learnt from that episode? In the immediate aftermath, government said breaches in the river wall were shored up with temporary barriers and extra sandbags were provided. A community liaison officer was appointed to visit affected residents, offer reassurance and act as a point of contact with government and other agencies. Looking to the longer term, new permanent infrastructure options were promised, as well as full consultation with local people. A week after the flood, the Chief Minister made this announcement to Timwold. I can announce this morning that I have instructed the Chief Secretary to establish an independent review into the flooding in Laxey. This will be undertaken by a relevant expert appointed from outside government who will have the remit to independently review what happened last week and what needs to be done to protect the village from the threat of flooding in the future. And since October last year, we have seen a major piece of research undertaken, an independent project culminating in the Arup report produced 10 recommendations for change. Since October last year, there's also been a change of guard in some of the key roles involved. Aaron Michael, MHK Tim Baker, is now the Infrastructure Minister, taking over from Ray Harmer, who's moved to policy and reform. Mr Baker's also the chairman of Manx Utilities, taking over from Dr Alex Allenson. 
Let's fast forward now to the 7th of August 2020 as work was planned to help reduce the flood risk in the Laxey Valley. Next week starting is a project to uh, address the Gretschweg stream which crosses Glen Road near the Laxey Football Club and there's a culvert which runs under the road which was identified as one of the uh, contributory factors to the to the Laxey flooding and uh, DOI and Manx Utilities are, are working uh, very closely together to, to actually address the, uh, the issues that have been uh, identified by their own work and, and also the, the Arup report. But less than one week later, this happened. Laxey was hit last night by what's been described by a local resident as a tremendous downpour. Around 30 to 40 millimetres of rain came down in the village in the early hours of this morning, leaving trees down on Captain's Hill blocking the area. The weather forecast for the last couple of days has actually been predicting this. And, uh, you know, it, it seems to have fallen on deaf ears so that the people down there feel really aggrieved that here we go again. I live up in South Cape. Um, looking out the windows, it was just um, like being in the middle of a river. It was absolutely torrential. Unfortunately, we have actually got a little bit of uh, flood damage um, from that downpour last night. As if by some twisted irony, in the same week work gets underway on a culvert in Laxey to help alleviate part of the flood risk on Glen Road, A massive downpour on Wednesday night left some residents turning to the sandbags again. And although this was by no means reminiscent of the devastating floods on October last year, there is a sense of deja vu for some of the residents who feel they've been ignored. In the middle of August, who would have expected in the middle of August? Well, expect it. It's the Isle of Man, British Isles, that's the weather, this is laxy, expect it any time of year. So this, this area should be prepared for that? All the time. Glen Road resident Andrew Smith is a member of the Flood Action Forum for Garth, a group which wrote to the Infrastructure Minister Tim Baker on Wednesday afternoon, calling for an extremely close weather watch. They were reacting to the situation, but we'd already, we've already forewarned them. Mm-hmm. And sadly, I don't think they, they'd taken that warning seriously because, I mean, who are we? We just, we just live down here. Since work began on what is locally known as Quarry Falls, a tributary that runs behind Laxey Football Club and under the road into the main river, there was concern. In the event of even a modest thunderstorm, the letter read, the single pipe presently being installed to divert water while a new culvert is being constructed would prove insufficient adding the potential for flooding of nearby properties is clear and needs to be maintained. The water was up over the top there. This was totally full. The water was over top, struggling to get under the road as it was, blocked by the pipework that was um, had been washed down. Torrential rain concentrated in the Laxey Valley that very night led to a localised flash flood and washed away the pipe, which was unable to handle the flow of water. In the aftermath, another letter to the minister came with a sense of, we told you so, exactly as we predicted, it said, requesting as a matter of urgency that the views of the local residents be respected. The Department of Infrastructure has been contacted for comment. That was local democracy reporter Aaron Ibanez with that report. How does this leave residents feeling? We heard again there from Glen Road resident Mr Andrew Smith. He gave his version of events. It was an accident waiting to happen. And that accident, to a certain extent, happened. But we were fortunate that we were able to, with sandbags ourselves, no authorities, within sandbags ourselves, three or four of the residents, we were able to mitigate what could have been even worse because, as I say, until we got the fire brigade down. But they were helpless, sadly. Just a, you know, six, a group of six guys on a, on, a, on a fire engine. It's when you've got a torrent of water like that, not easy. Can't can't cope. You know, we're getting a bit worn now with it. It's yeah. uh, all the every time. You know, we hear a digger or something. We think, well, what are they doing now? Do we need to look? Why why should we need to check it all the time? We're just, you know, we're just general public sitting in the street. You know, we just know that we our houses are at, at high risk. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to keep a finger on the pulse, but it's not easy. Andrew Smith there and as Aaron mentioned just before the Department of Infrastructure did get back to us with a statement it reads civil defense was contacted by a Laxey resident concerned about the possibility of flooding overnight and arranged for a pallet of sandbags to be delivered to Laxey that evening by the Department of Infrastructure at quarter past two on Thursday morning civil defense was mobilized delivered a further pallet of sandbags these were deployed at the Baldoon Road by civil defense and DOI teams when a further four pallets of sandbags were arranged to be delivered to the scene. The Fire and Rescue Service was in attendance with two appliances and deployed pumps. 
Civil Defence left at around 3.40 in the morning when the fire service advised further risk of flooding was low. The flooding in October last year was partly attributed to the undersized culvert section from the DOI depot to the culvert section beneath Glen Road. The capacity of the new culvert will be considerably greater than the existing one and will benefit from improved alignment removing the sharp junction between the two culvert sections. The department continued, the project currently being undertaken aims to improve flow through the installation of a 3 by one2 meter box section culvert and increasing the channel width and height on the approach to the culvert from Gretschweg Falls. It continued, some pipes were washed away last night due to a significant rainfall which saw 47 millimetres fall in just two hours. Reports on that figure have varied. The statement finished that all works in the river channel will be complete by the 30th of September. But again, what does all of this mean for residents in the area? On Friday, I spoke to the Vice Chair of GARF Commissioners, Nigel Dobson. I think from uh, the residents' point of view, there's obviously continued concern. Um, any uh, heavy weather forecast is uh, worrying to people. Um, a certain amount of work has uh, already gone on down on the Glen Road area, as I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're aware. Um, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes that uh, perhaps the public aren't yet aware of, but will be very soon. Um, huge research has been done um, with regards to flooding in Langsey. The difficulty we have is that it's it's a valley, you know, so, so rain comes down, and if you solve the problem in one area, it can often pass that on to another area. So the work that's being done is to try and come up with a, a, a system that will reduce sort of, uh, uh, or, or almost almost completely reduce flooding in, in the whole of the Langsey Valley. Uh, and that's what's being worked on at the moment. Who's involved in that work? Uh, there's a consultancy firm uh, in the UK that have been uh, employed, and they've done a huge amount of modelling. We had a meeting on Thursday morning um, to go through uh, their latest findings. Uh, the DOI and uh, most utilities uh, have been coordinating that. Um, and uh, we, we, we're just about in a position, I think, to uh, publish plans of what... Uh, we hope to do. What do you make of the timing of those works? It's difficult. Um, I, I, I think a lot more has been done than people realise. It's not just the wall that's been put in and we're removed and, uh, and that kind of thing down on Glen Road. A lot of culverts have already been uh, had their capacity increased and that kind of thing. Um, but the, the, the type of scheme we're looking at isn't a short fix. Uh, the, the, the idea of this scheme is to actually look at uh, the weather uh, and climate change and, and to, to come up with a scheme that's going to be good for up to 100 years or more. Uh, and so it's quite complex. It, it, it has taken um, a great deal of time from uh, the Nazi residents' point of view, but uh, in, in conversations that we've had with uh, the DOI, with the uh, Manx Utilities and uh, the, the consultancy firm in the UK, and it, it, it's a very complicated issue because you, you solve a problem in one area, you don't want to move it to another. You've got to be able to solve the whole of the problem. You don't want to be you know, uh, sort of doing um, a piecemeal uh, solution. You, you, want, you want something that's going to last in the long term. Uh, residents along Glen Road argue that the current culvert works are almost a bit of a distraction from a bigger issue of like surface water flooding. Is that something you would agree with? Um, Certainly the work that's being done at the moment isn't dealing with surface water flooding, but that's part of the, the entire scheme that's being looked at. Uh, we, we, we're looking at um, uh, a scheme that will deal with uh, you know, the rainfall, uh, but also with, with the river, with surface water, with coastal flooding, uh, and we're trying to come up with a scheme that's going to actually address all of the issues, not bits and pieces, but the surface water flooding is most definitely part of uh, uh, the, the, the scheme that uh, we're hoping to propose to go forward. But it seems to be the culvert works that are certainly gaining the the public focus at the minute. Yeah. Do you, do you see that perception that that's being, you know, or, or the, 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 the view that that's being held as a distraction from, from bigger issues? Um, I can understand that people are, are, are worried that uh, 
uh, other issues or, or the bigger issues aren't being addressed, but that behind the scenes they are. Um, I mean, we're, we're looking at a scheme that, uh, and it's early days for budget estimates, but, but we're, we're guessing we're talking about a £10 million plus scheme. Um, and uh, the, the meeting that we attended yet, uh, on Thursday um, suggested that uh, uh, hopefully Treasury will approve those, that funding uh, and the scheme will take place next, you know, take place next year. Villagers in Laxey, um, people who have been directly affected and people who haven't been directly affected, are watching closely how the DOI and Manx Utilities address the broader flood risks in the village. Uh, do you think there's a yeah. do you think there's a lack of trust? I don't know if there's a lack of trust. I think that, that, that to date there's been a lack of information, but that in part uh, has been due to the fact that all the information hasn't been collated. It's a very complicated issue. It's, it's not just the river. It's not just the culverts. It's not just surface water. That there's a whole holistic approach is being taken. What I can say is that it was agreed uh, on Thursday that uh, in the um, very near future, um, uh, once the final plans are in place, there will be public consultation, there will be a, a, a display down, uh, hopefully the Yacht Club or somewhere similar um, for a couple of days where the, you know, all the experts will be there and people will be able to come along and see what the plans are. Almost a year on from uh a very, very well-publicised, of course, major incident last October. Are there signs that relations between people who live in the area and the different authorities are improving? I hope so. I I think the major thing is that the pennies finally dropped um, with with government, uh, and I don't want to um, have a go at government specifically, but after the the, the floods uh, sort of four years back, Perhaps the action should have been taken then, uh, as opposed to wait for the events of uh, October 1st last year. Um, but I think after the events of October th- last year, um, government have suddenly realised, uh, hang on, look, th- th- this is something we need to do a really major piece of work on. Um, uh, and that, that work is ongoing. But the Chief Minister said in October last year that lessons must be learned. And then yeah. just, just last week we saw... Okay, not to the same scale, but we saw an incident which gave some residents a feeling of deja vu. So, have lessons been yeah. learnt quickly enough? Uh, again, uh, I go back to what I just said. These lessons should have been learned in the floods of four or five years ago, uh, uh, and the floods of last year, in part, were due to uh, a, a whole pile of timber that had accumulated higher up the river that we as commissioners had flagged up six, nine months prior to that. So the warning signs uh, were there then? Nothing was done. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we as commissioners went to the department and said, look, there's a huge dam built up at the top end of the river. Uh, can you do something about it? They had a look at it and said, oh, don't worry, that'll never move. Um, uh, and of course it did. Uh, and that exasperated the problems of last October. But I, I think those lessons have been learned now. Uh, and certainly the meetings that we've been having with government um, would suggest that they're taking it very seriously. I'm told that the incident last week uh, saw about 40 millimetres of rain within the space of just over an hour. The major incident yeah. last year was somewhere around 100 millimetres of rain. Yeah. So yeah. Ha- had we seen that sort of weather continue for not much longer, it could have been quite a bit more serious. Oh, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, it, it's a difficult situation that weather will continue to, to happen while the, the plans for this are being made. Uh, but the, the the plans that are being put forward at the moment, are, like I said, look, looking at, at, at a 100-year lifespan. So once they are in, implemented, um, then the situation should improve dramatically. But pe- people who um, live there want more urgency than that, don't they? Yes, I think they do. Uh, and I totally understand that. Uh, the difficulty is that it's such a complex issue. Um, as I say, it should have been looked at years ago, but it wasn't. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it is being looked at now. Uh, but Laxey Valley is... There are so many different routes that water takes in different circumstances. And the idea on this occasion is to look at the whole of the valley and protect the whole of the valley uh, in just about every conceivable 
scenario that the uh, the planners can come up with. In the meantime, though, people's properties continue to get flooded when the, when there is weather like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it's hugely frustrating. Um, but I think in the long term, to, to, to take this time uh, with the consultants to get things right uh, and get something put in, it's better than doing a, a piecemeal, a, a bit here, a bit there, and just passing the problem on elsewhere. Uh, so so I, do, I have huge sympathy for the residents, but I do believe that government are, are, are working very seriously on, uh, on, on this occasion. That was the vice chair of Garth Commissioners, Nigel Dobson, there. A feeling of deja vu for residents. I also got the reaction of one of the area's MHKs, Martin Perkins. The other evening when we had the uh, flash flood, 45 mil of rain in two hours, and the Gretschweg culvert uh, was being repaired. And as you say, unfortunately, a number of residents said, uh, oh, here we go again. Slightly different. The main river was was under control, and uh, I'm like the other residents. I get paranoid about any rainfall. I go down and have a look at the river levels. But the main river seemed to be okay. So it's come to be expected almost when you've got... Inclement weather, it's almost like people expect there's going to be problems there. Yeah, people worry, uh, people um, look for sandbags, and actually while I'm on uh, air, I, I do have to apologise because I had people saying there was no sandbags put out, but in actual fact, full marks of the civil defence, they had got sandbags, it was just that everybody wasn't aware of that. So it boils down to communication, and I, I think the whole thing is about government communicating with the people what it's doing, and the people communicating back up to the government, you need to look at this aspect of it, or, or whatever it is. Now, I think the Arup report said everything that the Laxey residents have been saying for years. And there is stuff going on, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but we need it quicker, we need it sooner, um, and we need the right things to be done. As you've sort of alluded to there, residents in the area have said, I told you so, really, haven't they? At multiple points over the past few years and are probably feeling at the end of their tether, I think. Yeah, there's there's one or two people, and quite rightly so. There's, there's families that still aren't back in their house. There are uh, families that almost got flooded again. They weren't actually flooded, but the water was in garages and in sheds um, and lapping at people's doors. And I can understand how they got upset, but that was purely the work that was going on on the uh, Gretschweg uh, culvert. Now, there are other areas that need to be addressed. For example, uh, Minorca Hill, uh, down the bottom there, is, is a problem that we need to try and divert the water uh, uh, from going over the bridge, uh, there's Aragon properties behind the um, the Mona Lisa restaurant, the Laxey Laundry, and there's two or three Rosedina, two or three houses there, and we've got to really stop the water coming through from there onto the back of them somehow or other. I think there may be some easy fixes if we can get the owners of the property on board, if we can get the DOI working with them, we can probably come up with some easy fixes on that. There is work going on regarding that, um, and there's a lot of other work going on. The uh, debris catcher for example is, is virtually finished so hopefully that will stop any logs and detritus coming down from Glenroy uh, and the banks have been cleared on all the other side apart from the trees opposite Victoria Terrace now that is in the pipeline I do know that it's on the list to be done uh, and hopefully we can keep keep on uh, target and get get this stuff done as soon as possible. Can you give me an idea of scale of how many people are affected do you know how many residents are still out of their homes and how many are still being affected by water damage? I think there's about six or seven houses that are still uh, unoccupied with builders going in and out. Uh, and of course the COVID virus hasn't helped. And that's still yeah. from October last year? That's, that's not a year that's ago, not yeah. From the, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course the other worry is that uh, people just don't feel safe um, when you hear any rain or any uh, bad weather forecast. Uh, there is a, uh, a system where you can actually get a warning now. Um, I can't remember the details of it, but it's I think it's on the government website somewhere where you can get a severe weather warning text through to you or a message which is helping and that does help uh, but nonetheless you know laxi don't sleep in their beds at night comfortably whenever there's any rain there's a perception there's nowhere near enough urgency from the several authorities involved to get this resolved quick enough because ultimately i'm sure there's a recognition from residents the work is ongoing in all sorts of ways to try and address this issue long term but in the meanwhile they're still being affected every time there's serious weather conditions yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair comment. Uh, but there are things going on and government isn't good at telling the residents what it's doing. Um, and some of these schemes, you, you can't just do it on the back of a fag packet. They have to be drawn up properly and uh, it, 
put in place uh, with the right, you know, there's no no good in doing half a job. It's got to be done properly. There are sort of buns and catchment, res, you know, catchment things planned for farther up the valley. Um, Defer's doing its stuff with trying to reduce the water flow coming down with trees, sphagnum moss, um, and uh, we had uh, the peat cutting has been banned, so we're trying to regenerate some of the peat bogs. Uh, so there is a concerted effort. And, and that's think- important, of course, because that would hold water higher up wouldn't yeah, it that's, that's that's part part of the point of the peat bogs right I mean, yep absolutely um and i think the fact that um minister baker is actually minister of doi and also in charge of the manx utilities uh his name's in the frame you know and uh, he the, 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 i think it's fair to say that both organizations are working much closely together politically this needs to be resolved doesn't it partly because we've got just over a year left of the administration i think people want heads to roll still I think uh, things have moved on since then. We've got to make sure it's right. We've got to make sure that ongoing maintenance for me is the key to it. The, uh, the Just even the main road culverts and other culverts around and about, uh, Baldoon Road culverts, they're all kept clear and maintained. And, and I think that's a very key aspect of it. Trees going into the river, uh, we need to make sure that they are river banks are kept clear, that the maintenance is being done properly there. And we need to have a hotline that the residents can phone through. And if they see a problem developing, it is acted upon. We haven't even come to talk about property prices or insurance. The implications for people are, are pretty widespread, actually. Yeah, the people that can't get insurance, your heart goes out to them. Uh, Daphne Kane and I had a meeting with a local insurance company last week, uh, and they are looking at it. But of course, they're commercial enterprises, and they cannot back something that uh, you know will not yield a profit. Um, so to uh, take out. Um, insurance on somewhere that is has a flood risk it's very high in premium but if we can get the um, insurance companies as part of the reshore scheme that's in the uk that would be brilliant but the problem is uh, we're not part of the uk so it's going to be involving a change in uk law and i know the treasury minister has been chasing up the uk to try and see if we can get something done but of course changing a law in the uk is uh, is a slow process Garth MHK Martin Perkins there. Policy and Reform Minister Ray Harmer has promised to provide further details in relation to the Laxey flooding Arup report by October, by which point, of course, it will be more than a year since Laxey found itself as the headline news across the British Isles. Mr Harmer made a statement to update Timwald colleagues in July, committing to action all ten recommendations of the report, He said he was aware of the long-term impacts of the flooding. This is an absolute commitment. I think the key thing here is that we're separating delivery from from oversight. We're committing to all 10 actions and to come back in October. Lots of work has been done, but much more has to happen. One day, the people of Laxey will be able to feel safe in their own homes once more. Thanks for listening. Take care.